Hello and welcome to the Punt the QB podcast. Here we are, Tim, week nine. Before we get started, big shout out and congratulations to the Texas Rangers World Series champions. Their first title in their team's history. I'm pretty, and I gotta say, I know it went four to one, but I thought it was exciting. It was exciting. Uh, the environments at both stadiums were, were electric. I'm telling you, you don't need big name teams. You don't need Astros, Yankees, you know, Dodgers. It was an exciting postseason to me. It, it was. It, the whole the whole thing from start to finish was very exciting. I know there was a lot of sweeps in that first round, but you know what? It was still exciting baseball. Yeah, it was cool. And congratulations to the Texas Rangers, and a small congratulations to Rick for keeping that ticket alive. Yeah, I got my Super Bowl. It's my, my Super Bowl ticket. Now bagels with the Super Bowl, and I'm going to win a bunch of money. Yes, yes, bourbon on Rick. I love it. So since our last episode, there's been a ton going on. We're going to try to get it all in, but let's just have fun. Now, the big thing that passed was the trade deadline, and it was crazy. The The Washington football team just punted. They yep. just, you know, pun intended, they just said, you know what, hey, Montez Sweat, you're one of the best defensive end pass rushers in the league. You're off to the Bears for a yep. second-round pick. And and as Bears fans, which we've documented thoroughly on this podcast, the last time the Bears in-season traded a second-round pick for somebody, that didn't work out too that well. That was last year. It was Chase Claypool. We traded for him. We gave up what ended up being the first pick in the second round for a wide receiver that we used, what, maybe two games, and then inactivated him and got him out of here to Miami for... What, a swap of six and sevenths? Yeah, that. needless to say, that did not work out. No, no, no. And and not to mention the fact that this guy's contract's up at the end of the year. So unless you unless they have some kind of uh, of extension ready for this guy, what was the point of this? Because you are not competing this season. Yeah. You know who is competing this season? The San Francisco 49ers. The San Francisco 49ers. They got the other defensive end pass rush specialist from Washington football team whose contract is about to end, Chase Young. He went to the Niners for the third round compensatory pick that they get for the uh, minority hiring rule. Yeah. So, I, I mean, the rich get richer because every time there's a guy who, you know, Randy Gregory, uh, Javon Hargrave, every time there's a Christian guy who's got to go. last year. Yeah. There's, the, the Niners just go for it. Yep. You know, and again, we've documented you can do that when you're paying your quarterback eight hundred grand a year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but uh, yeah, Chase Young got moved, Montez Sweat got moved. Uh, the Cards, the uh, Arizona Cardinals went. They were like, wait a second. We were tanking this season. We went out and got Josh Dobbs two weeks before the season started, and he was playing too good. Now, yes, they are one and seven, but they're like, yeah, you're too, too playing too good for us. They shipped him off to uh, Minnesota in the wake of the Kirk Cousins injury. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, obviously he needs a week to get uh, adjusted there. He's not going to start this week. Jaron Hall is going to get to start this week. I mean, but Minnesota, man, losing Kirk Cousins. I mean, talking about going from an uh, what a 0-3, 0-14, and, and then turning it around to winning three straight, uh, possibly turning the season around, and then you have a devastating injury like that. Just totally sets your so, – totally sets the whole season. Well, I mean, in fairness to Joshua Dobbs, it only took him two weeks to learn the Cardinals playbook. <laughs> so, I mean, one one week, he should be up yeah, to speed. He'll, he'll, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. <laughs> he'll be fine. Yeah, old Coach Duck, he'll, he'll be fine. Um, yeah, so Josh Dobbs got traded to the Vikes. Uh, the Browns traded Donovan Peoples-Jones to the Lions. I, I don't know why they needed yet another receiver. Yeah, but, I but, mean, they just got rid of Marvin Jones, I guess. I guess. I guess. guess. Yeah, uh, Green Bay traded uh, defensive back Rasul Douglas to Buffalo, so Buffalo's making moves, you know. Yeah. You know what the awesome is is that when they played each other uh, previously, Josh Allen got into it with him and said that he was trash. <laughs> he basically called him <laughs> effing trash. And I was like, I wonder how that conversation goes now in the clubhouse. <laughs> hey, as long as they're on the same team, why not? Yeah. All 53 guys are not going to get along. Yeah. So the besides the trade deadline, since uh, we had a ton of quarterback entries, we already referenced the Kirk Cousins. His numbers were amazing. Yeah. And we've always said that he's... I don't want to say he's a regular season quarterback because that sounds like an insult, but his numbers were amazing. He he had that team turned around. They were four and four. They were back in the division for the NFC North, and, and that torn Achilles. Uh, it's it just it's not good. Yeah, no, no, it's not good. I mean, at this point, you have to think like, why rush Justin Jefferson back early for anything? Because, I mean, you're what are you going to do? Make nine and eight, eight and nine? You know, just miss out on the playoffs. I mean, you you got to be thinking with the future now with with the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, and and one thing before we move on to the rest, I, I, Kirk Cousins, the way his teammates talk about him, complete class. Yeah, they had something the uh, the Lions put out on Twitter that the day after his injury, they had a pre-planned Halloween celebration the for the kids. You, the Lions. you said the Lions. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, you're right, the Vikings. I apologize. Yeah, the Vikings had a pre-planned um, celebration at the, at the 
at the facility for kids for Halloween. And he was wheeling himself and around. And he was there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The day after losing his season in, in, a, in a contract year, if you will, if he didn't show up, he would have been completely allowed. They, well, you know what? The, and also, they, they were carting him off the field, and he was off the field, and the Vikings had just scored or made a big play, and he's... Literally laying there on the cart, and all of a sudden you just see him look up at the scoreboard. And he's like, "Yeah, let's go, let's go!" It's like you gotta love it. I'm just saying all the stuff that comes out in between that show, the quarterback show yeah. on Netflix, and 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 the showing up for the kids the next day, yeah. and, and rooting for his teammates. His teammates love him. Yeah. So I mean, the more I hear about him, the more you kind of root for the guy. Where do you think with this contract being up? Do you think he? Do you think he stays in Minnesota, or you? Where do you think the next destination is for Kirk Cousins? I feel like he comes back. I, I, I'm telling you, Kevin O'Connell's already come out and said he hopes he comes back. Yeah. Justin Jefferson's hoping for him to come back. I, I think it, it works well for both parties. Yeah, all right. I, I, I could see him staying there, yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, like I said, a long time between now and then. Yeah. Because that, that, that is not just a six-month injury. That's, 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 we'll see at the beginning of next uh, season. More quarterbacks went down, and we touched on it last week, and we touched on it in our chat. Be like, you feel sorry for defensive players because of the way um, the roughing the passer has gone. The way the refers make like you can't hit him low, you can't hit him low. You even called me on Sunday. You're like, "Where's the guy supposed to hit him?" Yeah, that that's a bogus. You know. That being said, well, the you, way with Trevor Lawrence, he got hit in the abdomen. It's like yeah. I don't even know what you're supposed to do at Where this point. Else it you wasn't even. To go? It was a shoulder. It wasn't leading with the helmet, and it was like, and it was literally the Lawrence threw the ball as he was getting hit. So yeah. it's not like it was a late hit. But but you understand it because. In this past week alone, Kirk Cousins went down. Matt Stafford went down. Kenny Pickett, now he's playing tonight, but Kenny Pickett went down. Tyrod Taylor went down. That puke game between the Giants and the Jets, that god-awful game, they had to bring in their third stringer. Uh, Desmond Ritter went down with a concussion. He's now benched for... Like, all these quarterbacks keep going down. We've been without Aaron Rodgers since week one. This is why the NFL goes beyond and above and beyond to protect their quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, the, the fact that... All these quarterbacks that are missing time from Justin Fields, Deshaun Watson, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Anthony Richardson, Jimmy Garoppolo. These are all starters. Bryce Young missed a couple of weeks. Kyler has not been been here all season. I mean, you're talking about almost half the league already. You're talking about 14 to 15 teams have lost their starters. On top of that, you got Jimmy getting benched now. You got Ritter getting benched. I mean, what we started off at the beginning of the season is completely different than what we're looking at now. And we always talked about last year how it was an anomaly because there were so many injuries. So many teams had to go to their third, third fourth options at quarterback but this seems to be more the norm it's happening a lot more often that's for sure and, and the worst things you can hear in football now is non-contact injury you know so I, I mean just yeah something to keep an eye on. and speaking of jimmy g getting benched there was a fire sale in las vegas after that get lost to the uh lions in detroit on monday night they fired the answer to who's the first guy to get fired this year it's Josh McDaniels. So Josh McDaniels got fired. Their GM Dave Ziegler got fired. They benched Jimmy G. Apparently it's his fault. They're three and five. <laughs> so I mean, just fire sale on the Raiders, completely turning the page. Yeah, well, Jimmy G does have like for a guy that we always said was a game manager. He's got nine interceptions on the season, and I don't think if you went back to his 49ers years, I don't think he ever had nine interceptions in a season, let alone halfway through a season. Yeah, he's definitely been a guy who wins. Now we got a lot to get on for Week Nine. Quick look back. There was four things that happened. You tell me what you thought was interesting. The Panthers got their first win. Called it. You absolutely called it. Absolutely. And that's why I led with it. Will Levis, in his debut, threw four touchdown passes. Pretty awesome. Right? The Broncos beat the Kansas City Chiefs 24-9. Brutal. And the 49ers have now lost three games in a row. Just wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. all of those things. You want to say what's the most important out of all those things? They're all important. Absolutely. But that's why we love the game. Yep. All right, Tim, so let's start with the, the German game, <laughs> the Germany game. In Frankfurt, Germany, the Miami Dolphins are traveling to the KC Germany Chiefs. The uh, At 8.30 in the morning, spread is one and a half. The uh, KC is favored by one and a half. The over-under is 50 and a half. I've seen it go as high as 51. Um, hey, KC, though, they, they're coming off of a loss, and KC is 9-0 after every single time they've lost the last nine games. Uh, so, and you got... A Miami team whose wins are against the Chargers, the Patriots twice, Denver, the Giants, and Carolina. And their L's to the Philadelphia Eagles and the Buffalo Bills. Tim, which team does KC look more like? Uh, like the uh, like the latter teams. Like the losses. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, I like I said, you nailed it. The Chiefs, nine straight wins following a loss. Um, this sets up well for the Chiefs. Clearly... Pat Mahomes, had, had, he had the flu that came out early in the morning Sunday. 
be I think between now they didn't get the snow that was anticipated, but he was clearly not well. Yeah. They actually said, I know it's not a fantasy podcast, but they actually said in the in his career that was his worst fantasy performance ever. Mm. They had three field goals. He was clearly I'm not saying that's the sole reason they lost to the Broncos, but he was clearly not well. Yeah, they they did just did not play well offensively. They I mean they defensively they didn't make the stops when they needed to. Um but the one thing I will say is is that KC always responds. And yeah, Miami is just I mean the the, the side of this game that is weakest, let's face it, Miami's offense is boss when you're talking about offenses in the NFL. I think if anybody said you could trade your offense for Miami's offense right now, I think everyone would take it. Um, then you've got KC's defense has been been doing really well this year. I mean, I, I had one of my best bets was Denver under 19 and a half, and that still almost came in even though Denver won that game. Um, and then... Uh, that that's what then, we're hoping for is almost. Then, well, then Casey. Well, then Casey's offense. I mean, is pretty darn good too. I mean, the weakest side on this game is Miami's defense. Absolutely, and I I wondered early on, do the numbers look bad because they get such a massive lead and they have to just play a prevent defense and they kind of let you matriculate down the field, you know, just to kill time. So, but that's I, not always the case. I mean, the Giants kept the the Giants were in that game for a majority of that game. Uh, Carolina jumped out to a fourteen to fourteen to seven lead at one point. I mean, the the even the game against New England, that first one they played on Sunday night, the final score was what twenty four to to seventeen or something like that. I mean, they it's not like these things were. Uh, it wasn't it, the one game that we're t- really talking about because that even the Chargers game week one that was a back and forth game. It was whoever got the ball last one. I mean, the, the only game we're talking about that was an absolute blowout was Denver, seventy to twenty. And then the only the only other two blowouts that they've had are the ones where they played against Philly and Buffalo and lost. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, I with Jalen Ramsey back, he got an interception in his return. Between Jalen Ramsey and Vic Fangio, I, I, I have faith in their defense that by the end of the year they're going to get that corrected. Now, speaking of the Dolphins, we got to point out Tyree Kill making history. He is the first wide receiver to reach 1,000 receiving yards in the first eight games in the Super Bowl era. Yeah, awesome. He called it. He's doing it. Yeah, he said he's going to go for 2,000 and. He wasn't. He wasn't wrong. The only thing is, is that I wish instead of saying that somebody was going to break two thousand this year, I wish I would have said it was Tyreek. There's a little more money in that. In that, yeah, one. absolutely. But I'll tell you what. Let me, let me throw this out there. I understand that Miami's got this really high-powered offense, and they and they put up a lot of points. But overseas, these games do not usually go over, and this is a really high over at fifty-one. And KC has only gone over fifty points once time. One time this season. And I think Kansas City's defense can hold this game team under can hold this game under fifty one. Yeah, I think the jet lag is going to play, and you're right. Yeah. These overseas games they do not go over. So, but I mean that doesn't mean it's not going to be an interesting game. So first up on the noon slate, we've got the Arizona Cardinals, uh, one and seven at Cleveland. Cleveland's an eight point favorite. Totals thirty seven and a half. This is interesting. Now the Cards have lost fourteen of fifteen. You can't gloss over that. This is interesting. This combination of quarterback play, <laughs> yes. it could be anywhere from Clayton Toon versus P.J. Walker to Kyler Murray versus Deshaun Watson. Yeah, it's insane. Which is exactly why it sits now at 37 and a half. Yeah. I mean, it's like, how is this line up already? Because if Watson plays, you have to think that that would skew the line. If Murray plays, that's got to skew the line the other way. If neither one of them play, I mean, this over-under could be at 34. I mean, it's... I. I I just, how the NFL and Vegas and all them are putting lines up this early, you don't see lines off anymore. No. Everything comes out with a line. I told you, You yeah. You can bet on some games three weeks from now. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I, you know what? Usually they're pretty good about shutting them off as far as news comes out. But you get those alerts, like if you follow uh, Schefter, on Twitter, and you find out it's going to be those two two uh, rookies, or P.J. Walker's not a rookie, but he's the XFL guy, yeah. Clayton Toon. If you find out it's that guy versus that guy, pound the under as soon as you can before mm-hmm. they adjust that. Yeah. Because this one, and not only that, but Cleveland's defense is good. So even if it is Kyler Murray, fresh back from an injury in Cleveland, I mean, I don't know if that, that makes a difference. We're not seeing Kyler Murray on Sunday. No. I, I'm and saying, why would I, you? I think there is a 0% chance, 0.1% chance that, that – uh, that Kyler Murray comes back on Sunday. If he wasn't ready last Sunday, they're not going to throw him out there to that to the Wolves there. You're, no, not, you're just not going to do it. You're not wrong. But let me ask you this about the uh, the Cleveland side of it. 
Who are the Cleveland Browns? They have wins against Tennessee, San Fran, Indy, and Cincinnati. Pretty impressive. They have losses against Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Seattle. So I you just kind of wonder, like, who are they? Yeah, it's pretty much what we've been talking about the whole season. Every single time we do in the previews, it's Jekyll and Hyde. It's it's what are you going to get here? Are you going to get the team that that defense carries them through, and then and then you somehow get these offensive outbursts, like when they played against Indianapolis and they and they won that shootout with with PJ Walker as their quarterback. I mean, it, it, some of it makes no sense. You just never know what you're going to get here. And why, as a team that's four and three, why did they trade Donovan Peoples Jones? I'm not saying he's a star. Don't get me wrong. But a team that is in position to make the playoffs, why would you trade an asset? I think if you actually looked at it, though, I mean, was he he was the punt returner, and he maybe was maybe got a target or two during the game. It was not very often. If you look at his actual bottom line, he was not getting targets. All right, I'm just for a team that's four and three. I don't understand why they'd sell any player. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I get it. Okay, there is, before we move on, there is one mismatch you can uh, try to look at for this game. The Cardinals are 28th in passing. The Browns have the number one pass defense. So regardless of who plays quarterback for the Cardinals, it does not look good. No, it doesn't look good at all. It's going to be it's gonna be a, a hard press for points if you're the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, another game that's going to be hard press for points, my friend, the Minnesota Vikings at Atlanta. Atlanta's a four-and-a-half point favorite. Total is 37-and-a-half. I, I hope you guys don't like points. The Vikings are starting... Fifth round pick, Jaron Hall at quarterback, with Nick Mullins on IR and Kirk Cousins out for the year. You do realize now, in the we've we've now besides the Germany game because that's going to be a great game. Got, got two good te- good teams, good two good quarterbacks here. We brought up Clayton Tune, PJ Walker, Jaron Hall, and Taylor Heineke. Not good. Yeah, not good. Yeah, not good. Yeah, no, exactly. But that's that's why the the NFL wants to put their quarterbacks in red jerseys. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's frustrating for defensive players, but you get it. Yeah, I mean, you remember the NFC Championship game? Talk about teams that were on the fourth quarterback. Josh Johnson was their fourth option, and he got concussed. And Brock Purdy had to go out there with no arm. Yeah, he had to go out there and hand off, which I don't understand. I still don't understand why they didn't just go wildcat with yeah, CMC. Yeah. But that. I mean, the, the one thing I want to bring up with this game is is that th- there is so much talent on Atlanta when you're talking about Bijan, Algier, Cordero Patterson as your Z guy, as they like to call it, um, your, you know, you, Kyle Pitts, Drake London. I mean, but does, does Arthur Smith know how to use anybody properly? Apparently not. Apparently, unless he has Derrick Henry, he does not know how to uh, coach offense. I, I have no idea what we're doing here anymore. Like, and I, and I understand, you know, like, oh, we we basically are we basically more into fantasy, and you know, we we got this, we got this, and we have the fantasy episode. But this isn't an indictment on the fact that he hates fantasy football. It's perfectly fine. But what it is an indictment of is you have great players on this team, and how are you surrounding him with Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke? Yeah, I don't understand. You know what the Jets have? They have Brees Hall. You know what they're doing? They're handing off to Brees yeah. Hall. I, I mean, what do the Giants do? They feed it to Saquon Barkley. We talked about it in the. We talked about it before the season started. We were talking about the NFC South adi- edition of our of our preseason stuff. It's like this team has an offensive line that's built to run the ball, and you have three running backs, including the the eighth pick overall in Bijan, that you actually went and made sure you got this guy. So what are we doing here at this point? What is he showing or not showing in practice that you don't feed him 20, 25 times? Well, and Alger was a 1,000-yard rusher, rusher last year. Yeah. What are we doing? And and not to mention the fact that if you are going to do that, like how is Kyle Pitts, if you're going to not run the ball like they're, like they're not doing, how are Kyle Pitts and Drake London not getting more target shares? Yeah, you're not wrong. Now, the Falcons will be shorthanded on at least one end. Pro Bowl defensive tackle Grady Jarrett is out for the year with a torn ACL. That's a big blow for their defense. But in this game, they're not going to miss him. Jaron Hall, I don't think anybody expects anything out of Jaron Hall. Well, Jaron Hall at least can run, which is something that I could say better than anybody else in the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings are atrocious running the ball. They, I, one, oh, they I don't even, one, they don't even try, and two, when they do try, they can't do it. It's bad. It's so yeah. bad. Cam Akers in week eight, had their very first rushing touchdown this season. Yeah, It's embarrassing. And here's what they're missing with Cousins being out. He was first in touchdown passes, second in passing yards, and third in passer rating. That's what they're losing. He with was having Cousins. an MVP season. He, he really, yeah, and that's the thing. He really was. So anything about that game else you want to talk about? Or No, I just, every single time I look at these quarterbacks, I go, meh, meh. <laughs> Meh. Well, I got some better quarterbacks for you. Let's go. We got Seattle at Baltimore. Baltimore's a five and a half point favorite. Totals 43. Nine of the last 10 Raven home games have gone under. 
Yeah, we've been saying that now for the last four or five, four or five uh, podcasts. Whenever they've been playing at home since this, since we've been starting this season, yeah, it's good. They keep going under. Um, but you know what? Baltimore has got a good offense. Seattle's got a good offense. Seattle's pass defense is atrocious, and this Ted Monkin offense i'm using quotation marks it's supposed to be something that's going to be able to throw the ball but here yet here the Ra- here the ravens are being one of the top rushing teams in the league yeah it's the new old offense yeah they're it. 19th in passing and third in rushing yep they still go as lamar goes i think it's interesting if you would have said week one if you would have said week nine that the you know uh besides the the chiefs dolphins the, the other battle for first place is, of teams is going to be Seattle-Baltimore. I think you'd have been like, what? Come on, get out of here. Yeah, I think people would have bought the Baltimore side, but not the Seattle side. I, I mean, people just had anointed the Niners the second-best team in the NFC. And for five weeks, they were playing like that. Yeah. Lo and behold, when you look at the standings now, Seattle's in first place. Yep. You know, which is crazy because I, I ask you, are the Seattles the best team in the NFC West? No. San Francisco is the best team in the NFC West. I think when San Francisco and Seattle meet up, I think you're gonna they're gonna you're gonna learn that lesson real quick. Yeah, but I, I know the San Fran's not playing this week. But have defensive coordinators got tape and caught up to Brock Purdy? Probably, most likely, and and not to mention the fact that Brock Purdy, when you don't have Trent Williams, when you don't have Debo, I mean, when we're talking about the San Francisco 49ers, what makes them so special is is that they have the depth around, you know cheap quarterbacks you know what i mean like so if you aren't paying big money to your quarterbacks but you surround him with all this talent when when injuries happen and you're missing you know your best offensive lineman and one of your best receivers yeah you're gonna have some bumps in the road yeah you're not wrong circling back to this game i think there's something to keep an eye on you're gonna when it comes out you're gonna want to look at lamar's rushing total i know they've been trying to avoid that seattle is number two in sacks yes so i feel like they're gonna have to get lamar on the move yeah but do you know who number one in sacks is the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens are first in sacks and first in scoring defense, and Seattle's second in sacks on defense. I mean, it's going to be a pretty, pretty impressive game here to watch people sacking people. Now, granted, Seattle had like what I what had probably like a baker's dozen, 13 sacks when they played against the Giants on Monday right. night. That, that kind number of skews got their skewed. number. But Tim, Seattle and Baltimore quietly continue to take care of business. I mean, and. This is at Baltimore. Seattle, sneakily good over the last year and a half on the road. Should be very interesting. Yeah, it'll be Which is one. tough because Seattle, every year that comes out, Seattle has the most travel miles of any yeah. team because of their location. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm I'm interested. I'm glad at least one of the games on the noon slate is going to be good. Thank God. Right? Because the rest is just hot Hey, garbage. let's go to another one. Yeah. You want some hot garbage? I have <laughs> present to you the Chicago Bears. They're at New Orleans. They have not won in New Orleans since 1991. <laughs> the Saints are a seven and a half point favorite. Totals forty one and a half. The Bears have lost sixteen of eighteen games. Yeah, I mean, and we're talking about possibly another Tyson Bajan game, and you're talking about a Saints team that I don't know. Like I know a couple for a couple weeks they were putting they were giving up a lot of points to Indy um, and Tampa and stuff like that. But this is still a, a New Orleans team that can get after the quarterback and has a pretty good defense. You're talking about Jair Alexander. You're talking about that pass rush. I mean, I don't I don't see how the Bears are going to be able to compete with that if Tyson Bajan is their quarterback. Yeah, and that's the thing. is You can say last week was Tyson Bajan's first road game. It wasn't. <laughs> Anybody who saw that game know that game was at least 60-40 Bears fans. Yeah. This, in New Orleans, is a road game. Yeah. They are going to eat him alive. I, 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 I fear for his safety at this point, let alone the success of the Bears' offense. This one does not line up good for the Bears. You know what's funny about it is? is that I had to write this down. Even when the Bears have Justin Fields and DJ Moore and everything else, they are still your typical Bears offense. I mean, they they don't, they haven't been, they're 26 passing and six rushing. Hey, here we are, back to good old Bears football. You know what I mean? I mean, one thing I'll say is at least the Bears defense is third versus the run, but I mean, that's another skewed number. We were talking about it before with, with, uh, with Seattle with their sacks. It's a skewed number because you can't stop the pass. Why run the ball? Exactly. Nobody's trying to run the ball against the Bears. The Chargers last week didn't even try to run the ball. They never did. They just kept passing the ball because they knew the Bears can't stop them. I mean, both teams, Tim, are 2-5-1 and one against the spread. I mean, they're both really bad teams when, when you're talking yeah, about Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up on the Saints side of the game. They're 4-4, four and four, but they've only played one team above 500. And the Chiefs, and they got pasted. I'm sorry, the Jaguars. They did not play the Chiefs. The Saints didn't play the Chiefs. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, no, they played... I was talking about the Chargers last week, sorry. With yeah, the, not de- details, details. Yeah, the Saints are 4-4, four and four, even though they've only played one team above 500. I, I just, 
I, I don't understand. They're going to win this week, but they are definitely not the team I thought was the best team in the NFC South. Well, it's, it's, it's Derek Carr. You got you got a below average quarterback <laughs> that has above average games every now and then. I feel bad that I put Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins in the same sentence because clearly one is better than the oh, other. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I mean, there is one thing to keep an eye on from this game. The Saints offense uh, is tenth passing. The Bears defense. Is 30th against the pass. But they're terrible. You can't stop the pass. Yeah. So as impressive as Alvin Kamara has been since he came back, I feel like this is a Derek Carr game. Yeah, but Alvin Kamara is getting eight to ten targets a game out of the backfield. Oh, he's been he's been amazing. Anything about this game you want to talk about? Or? I don't have anything I feel else like I it's want pretty to talk much gonna, about in the, yeah, this game. It's gonna be one sided. Yeah. All right, Tim, let's get into another noon game that we yeah, okay. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are at the Houston Texans. The spread on this one, Houston is favored by two and a half. The over-under is 40. Uh, Tim, uh, Baker. Hey, Baker. Hey. Good Baker, bad Baker. Yeah, and that you know, the sad thing is you can say, like, the Ravens, they go as Lamar goes, and the Chiefs go as, as Mahomes goes. Those are good things because those are good quarterbacks. Yes. Baker Mayfield is not a good quarterback. <laughs> So the fact that the Bucks go as he goes, that's not good for the Bucks. Long no, term. no, not at all. Because once upon a time we were talking about the Bucks as a team that was going to win that division. They are now three and four, and they Baker is, but you know what we yeah. thought he was. We got we got a couple weeks of bad Baker, and here's where we're at. Which is funny to me. I, I wanted to ask you why are the Bucks not running the ball? They are thirtieth rushing offense, averaging seventy seven yards per game. Why are they not taking it out of Baker's hands? <laughs> well, you know what? Remember when they had uh, Byron Leftwich and they fired him because they couldn't run the ball last year at the end of the season? They needed a scapegoat, and that was the scapegoat. Yeah, that's not the scapegoat. That's <laughs> not the no. scapegoat. You can't do it. You still can't do it. You're not. You're not even trying. Which is funny because, you know, they're without their Pro Bowl center. Their quarterback is Baker Mayfield. You'd think they would just hand off as much as possible and just kind of, like, let him do his play-action thing. I just don't... I, I understand the two best offensive weapons they have are Evans and Godwin. I get that. But it, try to run the ball. Yeah, no, it's, it's, but here we are. Yet here we are, and, and, and with a lot of these things, we talk about it all the time. I get on my rants. I say run the ball and stuff like that. There are plenty of teams that just outright will not run the ball. They just outright choose not to. Like the Vikings we've already discussed. Yes, yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, so on the Houston side, uh, can Stroud and the Houston offense bounce back after their poor shoring, uh, showing in Carolina? Well, you know, Carolina was bound to put a game together and win a game. Like I said, they're, I, they were my pick to win the division at the beginning of the season. I thought Carolina, because basically just because I didn't see anybody else really stepping up either. But, man, it was a it was a rough start to the season for Carolina. But at the same exact time, they, they have weapons. They have tools to win games. And Houston just set up to be that team that, that was going to be able to jump them. And they did that week. And that being said, I mean, Houston, Texas just... I mean, with with uh, Singletary and um, Damian Pierce, I mean, they got You got to get better there. I mean, at least Houston's actually trying to run the ball, and they just can't. Yeah, no, they're true, but and so they're trying to be balanced because their head coach is a defensive guy who knows your defense needs to rest. Yes. Now there is a mismatch in this game to take advantage of the Bucks. Uh, offense is 27th in scoring. The Texans' defense is sixth scoring defense. So I think that bodes well for Houston. Yeah, I think. I think this is this is a game where where Houston can get right. It's it's at home. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's is going to bring out them. They're going to they're going to come out to play. Uh, C.J. Stroud had a had a rough game. That offense had a rough game. But you've got so many. You got Jonathan Mingo. You got uh, Tank Dell. You got Nico Collins. There's so many. We got Dalton Schultz. You got so many weapons on this Texans offense. They're going to be fine. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Let's uh, move on to another crap noon game. We got the Rams at Green Bay. Green Bay's a three-point favorite solely because they're at home. Uh, totals 40. Is it Brett Rippon time in L.A.? Apparently. Uh, I mean, it, but like, if Stafford can't go <laughs> because of his... The anguish in your voice. Yeah, I mean, but let's face it. I mean, this Packers team w was favored last week against Minnesota, and it made absolutely no sense. And they lost. Well, not by the time the game started. The game by the time the game started, Minnesota was favored. Uh, well, when we talked about it on the podcast on Thursday, they were one point favorites. Nobody's listening. <laughs> All right, so Packers three point favorites. But you know, like if Stafford plays this game, is are, is are the Rams not favored? You would think so. I I, I got to ask you this. I saw the I saw the the injury. You know, obviously the Cowboys came out to a huge lead towards the end of the first half. 
you saw the play. Matt Stafford hits his hand on the helmet of the defensive player, clearly anguishing in pain. He goes to the locker room. He comes out, leads him down the field for a touchdown to start the second half. And for the two-point conversion down two touchdowns, you're throwing a freaking Philly special where your quarterback, with an injured throwing hand, has to catch the ball and make a play? Yeah, it's just dumb. It's what just dumb. What the hell are you doing? It's just, for, for, as much as, uh, for as much credit as Sean McVay gets... He he should be eating crap on that one. That's that was a terrible decision. Yeah, that's the thing is, I, I'm sorry. I'm not saying you wave the white flag at halftime. Mm. But if your quarterback who drives the bus injures his throwing hand in a game where you're down three touchdowns, maybe you put your backup out for the second half and just hope he can, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, it, yeah, no, it's, you're absolutely right. I mean, but you're talking about a Green Bay team that is so. Just so playing so poorly right now. I mean, Jordan Love had a good couple of weeks to start off the season, and this Packers team is just not playing well. I mean, and let's talk about the Rams. The Rams, L's, their losses this season, San Francisco, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Dallas. They lose to some pretty good teams. Packers are not a good team. No, Packers are not a good team. And that's the funny thing is, LaFleur, he's not such a genius when Aaron Rodgers is in his Yeah, yeah, right. Because everybody kept saying, oh, man, he's an offensive genius. Look, he he, he got Aaron Rodgers to play at MVP level. Uh, Did he? You know what? Here's something. I saw this on Twitter. I thought this was absolutely hilarious. The Green Bay Packers are the only team this season, Tim, to lose to Jimmy G and Desmond Ritter. The only two quarterbacks who have been benched for the, that have benched. They <laughs> lost to those two guys. So the, you, the Packers are so bad, they're losing to teams that are a week, couple weeks later benching their quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I you know, let's see. The Packers fans, like I said, they've had two decades of Pro Bowl quarterbacks yeah, yeah. and success. Uh, they can eat crow for a year, but it Jordan Love does not look ready. No, no, he does not at all. I mean, uh, uh, you know, Tim, 70% of the money is on the Rams, on the dogs here. Is that is it a trap? You know, anytime you see that much public money, usually you say trap. But I, I, what is special about what Green Bay's been doing? Nothing. I mean, it blows my mind. They are 25th in rushing, and their two best offensive players are Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Yeah. I just don't understand. Well, I'll tell you who's not one of their best players on offense, and that's Christian Watson. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about him plenty in the yeah. fantasy episode. Let's wrap up the noon slate uh, with another crap fest, if you don't mind. <laughs> the Washington football team is at New England. New England's a three-and-a-half-point favorite solely because they're at home. Uh, totals 40 and a half. Again, I hope you don't like offense if you're watching the noon games on red zone. The Patriots are two and six against the spread as long as they're as well as their two and six record. Just just crap. Well, you know, here's the thing is, is you remember last year with Carolina, they traded McCaffrey to the 49ers. All right. And everyone was like, well, that's it. They gave away their best player. They're just punting the whole rest of the season. So that, and then Carolina went on a run and they started winning games. They won that very first game here. I think this is a game. Where Washington, you're looking at their offense, and the arrow is pointing up. You're seeing good things from Biennemi being the offensive coordinator. Sam Howell's been playing great football. Um, the receivers are finally all starting to put it together. Dotson had a touchdown last week. McLaurin had a touchdown. Who didn't have a touchdown last week for the Washington football team? But I got to tell you, like, the, I think everyone's going to ready be ready to sell Washington because they traded both of those defensive linemen. But you know how it is with defensive linemen, Tim. They always cycle out every three, two or three plays. They're always cycling out people. They have a good rotation usually. I think Washington still pulls this one off. So you think the fire sale motivates the rest of the team? I think that when you're talking about it, like, you see it sometimes, Monta, you, you see it, the... You know as well as I do, most times defensive lines, even the best defensive line, maybe the exception of Aaron Donald, are usually cycling out every couple of plays. Okay, but the one thing Belichick still does, and and again, he has not had success since Brady left. We can all acknowledge that. The one thing he does is eat young quarterbacks for breakfast. I understand, but I will say this. Tim, Washington just traded two of their best players on defense. Tim, where is New England's two best players on defense? Uh, they are an IR. They are an IR. Exactly. So if you're telling me that because because Washington sold two of their defensive linemen uh, for some draft picks, that all of a sudden that this that Washington now is is falling to the level of mediocrity. Uh, they're already mediocre. They're they're mediocre. But I'm saying like at least that team could put up points. It's stuff like that. New England can't put up points. I'm just for one game. I think he can game plan to take advantage of Sam Howell. That's all I'm saying. All right. I'm I'm going opposite of you. 
Oh, is that a spoiler alert? That's a spoiler alert. I love it. I love it. Well, let's let's get when it's closer to the best bets segment. Uh, the three hundred five game is Indianapolis, a two and a half point favorite at Carolina. Totals forty four. The Colts have lost seven straight games versus NFC opponents. Yeah. Well, I mean, really, this is this is a game of just ineptitude here. I mean, scoring defenses. Uh, Indianapolis is the worst, 32nd in the league. They're giving up over 20-something points a game. Carolina, 25th. They're giving up a bunch of points a game. Um, the scoring offenses, I mean, Indianapolis is 6th. Indianapolis has been putting up points. You saw when they played against Cleveland. They they put up like 31 in a losing effort um, against a Cleveland team that was not letting anybody score. And then Carolina, 30th in defense. It's it scoring defense. I mean, I know they just held... Uh, what Houston to what twelve last week or thirteen or something they ended up winning like fifteen thirteen doesn't make a difference. Carolina can't stop anybody, and there's no Carolina's horrible stopping the run, and Indianapolis has been kind of leveling up the Jonathan Taylor exposure, and now I think you're you're gonna see Jonathan Taylor just go off in this game. That the Carolina got the win that they needed to get off the Schneid of of the Ofer. I think I think Indianapolis can run all over them if they wanted to. Yeah, I mean Carolina uh, Carolina's defense did look good coming out of the bye. They did hold Houston to 119 passing yards. Mm. CJ Stroud had been on fire, so they did. It looks like they did at least accomplish something coming out of the bye. Yeah, but once again, you're talking about a Carolina team that couldn't stop the run, and the only team you could stop the run on was a very weak Houston who used some run offense with the. With Devin Singletary and uh, and and Damian Pierce, which is not good. It might yeah. be one of the. It might be right there with Minnesota with Cam Akers and, and Alexander Madison being some of the worst in the league. Yeah, no, I, I I'm with you. The opportunity here, the Panthers have the 29th rushing defense. So if Indy just commits to the run, I think they're going to win this one. Yeah, absolutely. So on the first up on the 325 game, the one no one's expect uh, expecting to be good at the 325. Got the Giants at Las Vegas. Vegas is a one and a half point favorite. Totals 37. Uh, I I feel like for this one, cover your eyes. Yeah. I I, I mean Aiden O'Connell quarterback. Uh, maybe Daniel Jones back for New York. If not, this could get even uglier. Yeah, you're talking about a a, a Giants coming off of a game where they played against the Jets and they combined total for what 24 punts in that game yeah it was it was god awful i mean it's so bad i mean and now you've got a raiders team that's moving on and moving on to aiden o'connell and you know this is you know 37 points anything under 38 in the nfl i think over the last 10 years like the under has hit like 75 percent of the time we brought up three totals that are under 38 already so far this this in this podcast tim um i at least I could say that the Giants actually are playing good defense over the last like three game span, which is more than I can say for the Raiders because this whole team just looks like they've just stopped playing. Yeah, and that's we've talked about how you feel bad. Like that coaching staff alienated their two best players. I feel like Mark Davis, the owner, saw that and he he basically took the side of Devontae Adams and Max Crosby, and I feel like he was right to do so. Now they're paying three head coaches now. <laughs> So I mean, because they're still paying Gruden. Gruden's Gruden's bad. They're Gruden's battling for his back pay. Gruden's contract is till twenty twenty seven. Tim Josh McDaniels is through twenty twenty six. You're talking about whoever you end up picking to be your head coach. You're paying three head coaches for the next four years. Now speaking of Gruden, the Raiders did have a little bit of magic when they brought in a rich what Rich Bisacci, I believe it was, uh, and they ended up going ten and seven and making the playoffs. Any of that magic for interim coach Antonio Pierce? Well, I like Antonio Pierce, the former uh, New York Giant, but linebacker. Linebacker I, yeah. coach, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty interesting, though. Like, how did we get to this point where it's like, you're fired. It's like, so who are you going to promote? The offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator? Get me the linebacker's coach. I'm sorry? No, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> at least it's not Jeff Saturday. Yeah, yes, exactly. At least, <laughs> at least Mark Davids didn't bring in Jeff Saturday. Yeah, it's just... It's funny because we're like 10 games into our preview. How many backup quarterbacks have we mentioned already? Yeah, I mean, Aiden O'Connell, here we are. It's like, Aiden O'Connell, here you go, you're up. And it's like, is he though? Is he? Because Aiden O'Connell is like, I mean, I guess as long as he could throw the ball up, I mean, Jacoby Myers, Devontae Adams, he could do better. I mean, how many missed passes? When that Monday night game, there were two touchdown passes. One would have been a 98-yard touchdown pass. Devontae Adams had everybody beat. And Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo overthrew that guy by like eight yards. Yeah, you you know he had to have been wishing that his agent was calling on Tuesday for the trade deadline. I be, I believe I I believe I saw reading lips. I'm not a reading lips expert, by the way, but I believe I saw um, uh, Devontae Adams go. I can't with this bitch. 
<laughs> I believe I thought I saw him say that, and I was like dying. Yeah, that that boy, he's so good, and they're wasting his best yeah, years. No. All right, Tim, let's get to it now. The the game of the week, the last of the three o'clock games, the three twenty five, the Dallas Cowboys at the Philadelphia Eagles. The spread on this one, Philadelphia is favored by three. The over under is forty seven. I mean, Tim, Dallas's big test. They played against San Francisco and they got pasted 42 to 10. Philly's big test so far this season, Miami, and they won 31-17. What do you think? Yeah, it's interesting. Dallas is 5 and 2, Philly's 7 and 1, the only 7-win team in football. If Philly wins this game, they can kind of put the division away. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's I mean, I will say this, it, you know, look for a betting angle and it's, you know, kind of not what we're doing, but it kind of is what we're doing. The last 5 Dallas Philly games have gone over so while that's a big number relative to the other games we've mentioned, uh, it's just something it's something to keep an eye on. It should be, I think Fox is at least hoping that this one is more of a shootout. Yeah, I think the key thing to me is is that this game is at Philly. I mean, Dallas does really well at home. You've seen it. They've 11 been, straight. They've been just destroying people at home. Even, even the San Francisco game, I think if that was at Dallas, maybe goes a different way. But... They are they are so much better at home. The only problem is is when you play against teams like this on the road and against San Francisco, and you get put on blast like that, you aren't playing at home. Will come playoff time when you play against these teams. Exactly. So th- this game is huge for Dallas. And let me ask you this: We all saw the hugely the the Dallas Cowboys at home built on the Rams. How did Tony Power only end up with twelve carries? They 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 have they. <laughs> you were talking about how. When they fired their head, their offensive coordinator, and they they went back to uh, uh, McCarthy, you know, McCarthy be calling the plays. You said they were going to be more balanced. This is not balanced. This is not balanced at all. They're just doing the same thing they were doing before. It's just instead of throwing the ball more deeper, there's a lot more short passes. Yeah, we talked about that with Baltimore. Their new offensive game, it's the same thing. It's the same thing here. You're still doing the same thing. This isn't even the same thing. You're running the ball less than you ever have before. That blows my mind. You, You would think with the huge lead they built up, it would have been 20, 25 carries for Tony Pollard and put that thing away. They do not care. The NFL nowadays does not care. They want to pass the ball down everyone's throat. Because what's everyone's option, Tim? Everyone's option is, do we run, run, run? Or do we run, pass, now we're at third and long, and then we throw a ball deep down the field and get a holding call or pass interference? If the Even if the ball isn't even caught, you're still hoping for a penalty and stuff like that. And how many times does it happen? You get to like third and long or something like that, and the ball is... The ball's not caught, but then all of a sudden you see this flag coming down, and it's like, yeah, he was pulling on my jersey. He was holding me. Or, oh, illegal contact on the defense, five yards, automatic first down. And we're just doing the same thing all down the field. I mean, if you look at it, most of the time, every single time that you, that we're talking about Philly, let's talk about Philly, the tush push that they're doing now from the one-yard line, most of those times are set up because of pass interference to a guy that they're throwing the ball deep to A.J. Brown in the end zone, and there's pass interference. They put the ball at the one. Tush push with J- Jalen Hurts. Speaking of A.J. Brown, he is the first player ever with six straight 125-plus receiving yard games. I, pretty pretty damn impressive. Yeah, he's after after that one game where he decided to put everybody on notice that they won the game, but he wasn't getting the ball to his liking, they've been getting the ball to him. Yeah, you know, the funny thing that sticks out to me about the Eagles, they're 7-1, and one, and I feel like they still haven't complete, played a complete game. Yeah, they haven't even played their best ball yet. When you're talking about the two games they played against Washington where they barely walked out, with wins in those games and they were in complete shootouts and stuff like hey, kudos to Eric B for putting together the offensive game plan to compete with Philly. But man, I mean, you're right. Philly is not even playing their best ball. They have one game where they get bailed out by uh, Deandre Swift in week two when, when he rushed for like 180 yards. And then you have the games where they get bailed out because, you know, AJ Brown is, has got two touchdowns and 160 yards receiving and stuff like that. Or you have two t- touch pushes by Jalen Hurts to get him over the, I mean, you're not seeing the best of what this team is yet. And I mean, if we see it on, if we see it on Sunday, Dallas is in trouble for winning this division. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. Uh, moving on to Sunday night football, we've got a, a game we're pretty familiar with. We got Buffalo at Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati's a two-point favorite. Totals forty-nine and a half. The Bengals have now won three games in a row and four of their last five. Yeah, it, and, and here we are, big big three again in the AFC. Buffalo, we were saying it all the time before, and I know that uh, Cincinnati's been struggling. But the big three, Cincinnati, Buffalo, and KC. And with the way Cincinnati's playing right now, we're right back to this again. Miami has not proven they can beat anybody yet. I mean, I guess we'll see earlier in the day how they do with KC. But 
these are still the big three for the fact that they have the three most dominant quarterbacks in football. When when Joe Burrow, what we saw when you saw when you saw with San Francisco, you saw Joe Burrow play a pretty next to perfect game. Yeah, and I, I, what, the one thing I noticed most about that game, Burrow looks like he's finally fully healthy. Yeah, I mean he rushed for forty three yards. I Joe Burrow from weeks one through five wouldn't have done that. No, no. So he looks fully healthy. They're clicking on all cylinders. This should be a good game. That uh, you know they didn't get to complete last year. Now they did play in the divisional round, and Cincinnati went to Buffalo and won twenty-seven to ten. Yeah. So I, I I think things point better for Cincinnati, but Buffalo is one of those. If Josh Allen doesn't turn the ball over, they win. If he does, they lose. Yeah, he's a he's turned into he has turned into the gunslinger. Like Josh Allen he's has turned Favre. into the Brett Favre of what yeah. you know. Like he wasn't like that. I don't think he was like that up until maybe last season. He started throwing a lot more interceptions. Started trying to go for the deep ball and stuff. And this year he's doing he's doing more of the same. The only problem is is that you can do that when you're playing against bad teams and you can still win games. But when you're playing against teams like Cincinnati and KC and Baltimore and some of that, you start making it making mistakes like that, and, and you're going to be down and you're going to lose. Yeah, I think when when I noticed it, like we saw it towards the end of last season where. Teams noticed that Buffalo was using the deep ball, the deep ball between uh, uh, Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs. That they dropped the two safeties back, and they were trying to make him uh, do short passes. And he did that for a little while, but I think he gets frustrated with it and has to chuck that yeah, ball. He gets deep. tired. He's like, "Let's go!" Yeah, yeah. So he chucks it into triple coverage, and yeah. that's how he ends up with so many interceptions. Yep. Well, we'll see because Cincinnati's young, uh, young defensive backfield. Uh, you, you know, remember at the beginning of the season they got rid of both those safeties. And they their their defensive backfield is pretty young, and can they hold up with Stephon Diggs and uh, and and Gabe Davis? Because when you're talking about Stephon Diggs, I mean, you know, secretly once secretly quietly once again one of the top three four wide receivers in all football. Yeah, we always talk about Tyreek Hill and AJ Brown, and rightly so. But Stephon Diggs just quietly just keeps doing his thing. Yep. All right, do we have to talk about Monday Night Football? We are a full-service operation. If we talked about all these noon games, we have to talk about Monday Night Football. All right, let's talk about Monday Night Football. You got the Chargers, three-point favorite at the Jets. Totals 40. The last five Charger games have gone under. Well, and the Jet and Jets games usually go under, too. So, But the one thing I'll say is, is that the NFL this season loves to punish NFL fans with primetime New York games. I mean, we're just getting punished with this And the stuff. funny thing is, not to talk about next week... Sunday Night Football did not flex out of that Jets-Raiders game. Yeah, so we get Jets-Raiders next Sunday. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the Jets have, but the Jets at least have a championship defense. I mean, which is more than you can say about the Chargers, because they just pay everybody like it's a championship Yeah, I was going to say, Chargers have the names. They just, you know, they can look good on Sunday Night Football against Tyson, Tyson Bajant. Yes. This is the, now I'm not saying Zach Wilson's significantly better than Tyson Bajan, but the Jets defense is better. Yeah. And that crowd, I'm not I'm not gonna lie, we've seen so much national television of the Jets. That crowd gets into it. And, and, and once again, a Monday night game, unders unders on primetime, man. I just you'll be looking at another under right there at forty. Let me ask you this about the Jets. Are you yeah. surprised that they didn't make a trade for a quarterback? No, because their defense seems to be doing what they can to keep them involved in games and stuff like that. They're winning games that they can win and it seems like the Jets are pretty they're pretty confident that you're going to see Aaron Rodgers sooner rather than later. Yeah, which is is crazy to hear. Yeah. I'm just saying like Joshua Dobbs got traded. Jameis Winston's name was you know bounced around. Uh Colt McCoy and Carson Wentz still remain unsigned. I'm just really surprised they didn't even bring in any of those guys if nothing else for stability, for, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So, I mean, for the Chargers one thing to cut my eye about them their defense is sixth in sacks, but thirty second versus the pass. Yeah, How is that possible? They, they they either it's a sack or die. It's a, it's it's a it's a sack or a touchdown. I guess. Yeah, you know what? I I feel like that's enough of that game. Yeah. All right. But, so best bets time. Yep. Timmy, you you still you still are riding you're still riding along with it, man. Two yeah. and one the last week. You Two. are you are what now? Uh, sixteen, and, 16 eight. and eight on the season. Very impressive. Yeah, yeah. It's you know the trend has been your front, and I just keep riding it. So, uh, what do you say? I head off first. Yeah, go ahead, man. Take us off. All right, buddy. My first game. I've got Seattle and Baltimore under forty three. I mentioned it when we previewed the game. Nine of the last ten Baltimore home games have gone under. The Ravens have the number one scoring defense. Seattle has the eleventh scoring defense. To me, 
Baltimore, Seattle, under 43. All right. My first one is going to be, I am going to stay with you with the with the under train. I'm going Miami Casey under 51. I think the jet lag in the Frankfurt game, uh, Casey's defense has been pretty darn good all season long. Um, and Casey's only gone over 50 once this season. And every single time Miami plays against a, one of these top-notch teams like Philly or uh or or Buffalo, they get they don't they don't play as well. Yeah, on no, offense. that that was one of mine that almost made the cut. I yep. really like it, but I didn't want to just keep having unders. So my second of the bets, bets, I'm with you. I have Kansas City minus two. Uh, I we mentioned it when we talked about the game. KC has won nine straight following a loss. I just feel like things set up really well for Kansas City in this game. All right, uh, my my second bet, Rams plus three. I mean, it, really, I mean, maybe it's a sucker bet, but you know what? The Packers are bad. And the Rams, uh, hopefully Stafford plays. But even if he doesn't, I still think Brett Rippon could probably get it done. These wide receivers are just so good, and they they're great at they're great at creating space and getting open. So I think uh, with Cooper Cup, Puka, so that they just have so much more weapons um, on offense, receiving wise, than the Packers do. And I think they're going to get it done. Yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, my third of the best bets is, is just a trend play, but it's been working great for me. Again, 16-8 on the season. I have to break my yeah. arm, pat myself on the back for the other guy. Uh, Dallas and Philly over 46. Five straight Philly and Dallas games have gone over. I'm just going to keep riding the trend. All right. Well, my, my last pick is the Washington football team plus three and a half. I mean, I'm just going to keep staying with the dogs here because when I go with the favorites, they kind of been burning me lately. But you know what? Washington football team, Sam Howell has been impressive as a starting quarterback under Eric Bieniemy's system. Do you know who's not been impressive? Mac Jones. Mac oh, Jones has not been impressive. That whole Patriots offense isn't impressive. And I feel like every single time you see big, big, big changes to a team, like with last year with CMC and stuff like that, then that team comes out and plays. You know what I mean? They come out and they play hard that, that that first game. And I'm not saying that Washington's going to turn around and be a playoff team. They're going to be winning all these games or something like that. I'm saying this week they're playing against a a New England team that is under-talented with, because of all the injuries they've had on defense. And I think Washington's going to be able to capitalize on that. And one thing we didn't even mention when we were breaking down that game, the injuries on offense. Kendrick Bourne's been their most reliable yeah, he, receiver. He's out. He's out for the year. Devontae Parker's out. Yep. So not only do they not have playmakers, but the ones they have are out. Well, and on top of that, whenever you're talking about New England in November, December, you're talking about bad weather. It's supposed to be sunny and 61 degrees. And I think that is an advantage to the Washington offense. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, so those are our best bets. Um, uh, thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. Upcoming next is a fantasy episode, so uh, be sure to check it out, huh? Yeah.